The first lesson for today is taken from the 16th chapter of Exodus. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instructions or not. Then Moses said to Aaron, say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, at twilight you shall eat bread, meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is this? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. The psalm today is um, the 78th one. We will read it by verse so he commanded the clouds above and opened the doors of the heaven. So mortals ate the bread of angels. He provided for them food enough. He rained down flesh upon them like dust and winged birds like the sand of the sea. So they ate and were well filled, for he gave them what they craved. The second lesson is taken from the fourth chapter of Ephesians. I, therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humanity and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. When it says he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the same who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, 
until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up into love. Here ends the lesson. If you are able, please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the sixth chapter. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, what sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise Congregation may be seated, and uh, since he's like the only one under 10, uh, I think is Nathan, so we'll let him, we'll just forego the children's sermon for today, I think. <laughs> But thanks for lighting the candles, Nathan. You did a good job. <clears throat> um, we're about halfway through the Olympics now. Uh, I think they started, I don't know if it was last Friday or Saturday, they had the Parade of Nations in Tokyo. Did anyone watch the Parade of Nations on TV a little bit? Yeah. So uh, certainly one of my favorite parts, seeing all the representatives of, of different countries um, walking to the stadium, and it seems to me that they didn't used to wear traditional clothes. It seems to me they used to just wear the like warm-up track suits, but I like how they do it now where sometimes they wear the traditional clothes from their own country, 
Um, I saw Bahrain was there. Uh, they were wearing the white, the men had the white gowns and the red headdress, and it was neat to see all that. Um, but the one that caught my attention the most was the delegation from Kenya. Uh, when they were wearing the traditional clothes of the Maasai people, which were this kind of red and blue, you know, um, cloth and, and shirt, and uh, really neat to see. And it reminded me of the time that I lived in Kenya almost 20 years ago. Um, I still root for the Kenyans in the Olympics just a little bit. Um, I'm actually very excited because uh, this, this coming Sunday, a week from today, I think is the marathon. Um, and the world record holder, uh, this man, Elliot Kipchoge, is, is racing. Legend has it, Ken Toner almost beat him once in the marathon. <laughs> he came close, but just couldn't, couldn't quite do it. Um, but anyhow, as I was saying, I, I did live in Kenya for a year, almost 20 years ago. And um, one thing I remember is after the first couple weeks there, I, I noticed that many of the meals, we ate the same thing every day. Um, and we had two kind of main things that we ate. Um, the first was called ugali, and that was basically a kind of porridge made from cornmeal. Um, that could be cooked in different ways. So for breakfast, people ate it almost like cream of wheat or like grits that was kind of soft and you might, they might put milk or sugar in it and that was the breakfast meal. And oftentimes people ate it for lunch and for dinner and they would cook it to be more firm um, and then they often ate it with a dish called sukumawiki, which was basically collard greens cooked with some onions and different spices and thing. And after... So I thought, boy, people must really like this here because <laughs> we eat it like every day. Um, and, you know, I remember I sort of realized that this was, I guess, what they would call the staple of the diet, you know. And uh, before long, one young man, a man my age, asked me, what are the staples of the American diet? What do people eat every day in the United States? And I thought, you know, I don't really think we have a traditional staple food like many cultures you know, have around the world. I mean, I've never been to China or Japan, but I think they probably eat rice like every day. Um, you know, like I mentioned in Kenya, they have certain things. Maybe the older generations uh, here in central Pennsylvania used to eat potatoes every day. <laughs> that might have been the closest thing. But we Americans, we consume a wide uh, variety of food. You know, we don't kind of have one thing that we rely on for the majority of our calories every single day, um, you know, for better or for worse. Um, if the statistics are true, um, a lot of people, the staple of their diets is like McDonald's and Burger King and things like that, uh, which um, might not be the most, the most healthy option. But, you know, we, whether it's a variety of things or not, you know, we, we are consuming things every day. Um, and in this story, this gospel story, Jesus, I think, is talking to the people about their physical consumption, about the bread they want to eat, but also about their spiritual needs uh, and their spiritual hunger and appetites. And I think this is true for us today as well, that we, we all have a physical hunger um, that we need to meet daily for the needs of our bodies but we also have a spiritual hunger that we need to address, I believe, also daily. 
to meet the needs of our spirits, our souls. And this story, there's, there's a, lot of, uh, a lot going on in these biblical texts for today. Um, what I was going to talk about with my children's sermon, which none of them are, you know, only, only Nathan's here today, but um, is the story about the manna in the wilderness that, that Karen read so nicely just a few minutes ago. And it's, it's very funny because at Vacation Bible School, we had the story of Moses and the Exodus, and that was the last day was Moses leading the people through the Red Sea. And the kids were asking, but what happens next? What happens next? And then I said, 40 years in the wilderness. And the kids were like, what? <laughs> 40 years of wandering around? <laughs> uh, but it's funny because this story in Exodus 16 kind of picks up a couple weeks later. Um, the, the, the Red Sea is chapter 14. Chapter 15, Moses is celebrating and Miriam is singing. And then in chapter 16, a couple weeks later, they're saying, boy, it's pretty tough out here in the wilderness. You know, I mean... Back in Egypt, we were working, you know, 24 hours a day for Pharaoh, but at least we had good food to eat. Um, we always like to pick on the poor Israelites, but I'm sure every one of us would have said the same thing <laughs> had we been in their shoes, that, boy, this is terrible out here, but, you know, at least we had better food, or, you know, better food when we were back there. And so what did God decide to do? He provided them with quails and manna. Um, and it tells us that every evening, uh, the quails would, would come into the camp. Uh, I'm sure our Pennsylvania turkey hunters would be right at home <laughs> uh, with those birds um, coming in every night, so they would have meat. And then in the morning, um, as the dew would settle on the ground, when the dew lifted, there was this fine, flaky substance, with, which the Bible tells us looked like coriander seeds, and it tasted like wafers made with honey. And it was kind of a play on words because in Hebrew, the first time they see it, they say, they say, what is it? What is it? And that's, in Hebrew, that is manna. What is it? <laughs> so the people eat the manna every day. And my favorite part about this story is that God told them, only take as much as you need for each day. You know, if you have 10 people in your household, you take 10 portions of manna for that day. And do you remember what happened if the people took too much manna? Remember from Sunday school? It spoiled. Thank you. It rotted and became infested with worms. Can you believe that? So they were only to take just as much as they needed for each day. With the exception of the sixth day, they would take a double portion. Because on the Sabbath day, they were to do no work. So they would take a double portion on the sixth day. That manna would not rot or go bad. And on the Sabbath day, they would have, have their manna for the day. Right? So in this story, the people, Jesus, after he has performed this sign, this wonder of feeding the 5,000 people. Um, and if you remember from last week, they were so excited about this. They wanted to make him king. But Jesus goes off on his own to the wilderness, and here they come again, um, and asking, and Jesus is right away, you're not looking for me, you just want more bread to eat. And you'll notice that no one contradicts him. <laughs> no one says otherwise. Um, and they say, well, what signs are you doing? What miracles are you doing? 
Apparently, even back then, people had a short attention span. They always said that nowadays people don't remember as well, but even back then, they must have forgotten quickly because he had just multiplied the loaves and fish. Um, and Jesus, you know, the people say, our ancestors got manna in the wilderness. You know, what are you, you going to give us? And Jesus says, I want to give you the true spiritual bread from heaven, right? And I think this is why Jesus taught them uh, and taught us in the Lord's Prayer that we thank God to, you know, give us this day our, we not thank, but we ask God to give us this day our daily bread, Right? Um, so it's not only for our physical needs, but it's also for our, our spiritual needs. Martin Luther in the small catechism said that God gives people, God gives us daily bread even without our prayer. Even without our prayer, God gives us daily bread even to all people. But he said the point of us asking God for daily bread is to recognize where it comes from God, and also to receive it with thanksgiving, to receive it with thanksgiving. In this story, Jesus tells them that he will give the people the bread of life. Immediately, they want to know, well, what what do we have to do to earn it? What do we have to do to get our own bread? And he tells them, just just believe. (laughs) Believe that I am going to take care of you. Believe that I am going to provide for you and take care of all your needs. Today, as we gather, usually we would come around the altar. Um, It's probably been since March of 2020, since we've had communion in our traditional way. But you might remember that when I put the bread and wine in people's hand, I always like to emphasize that it's the body and blood of Christ given for you, for you. And... Unless I'm having a senior moment, I try to call everyone by their name, (laughs) because it's a reminder that for Fanny, it's for you, for Jill, it's for you, and this is a foretaste of the feast to come. Um, Jesus came not only to show us that God's incoming kingdom, in-breaking kingdom, would be not only a place in which people's physical needs were met, in which... No one was turned away to be physically hungry, but also a place in which people's spiritual needs were met, um, that they would be nurtured by their faith um, in Christ, that he has come to redeem us from sin and death and the powers in this world that are opposed to God. So brothers and sisters, as we continue in this next week, in the next few days, I ask you to... Just think about how you might spend a little bit each time, each day, what what time you might spend taking care of your spiritual needs. If you're like me, you get up, you already have in mind what you're going to have for breakfast, you're thinking ahead to lunch, you're nagging your poor wife about what you're going to have for dinner that night. (laughs) But do we take enough time to really take care of our spiritual needs? Um, God has given us the bread from heaven. Jesus, Um, and this is the most important thing I want to emphasize today, is that Jesus came not to be a cake for special occasions, but to be our daily bread, to be our daily bread. So all of us, I invite us to 
Let Jesus do as he wishes, which is to be our daily bread and not a cake for special occasions. May God bless you all and have a great week. Amen.